0: Welcome to the community Church podcast, Your place to Belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Uh, Matthew chapter twenty eight verse sixteen to twenty. I, I want to read this, and actually this is a, a, this is a series that I've done before. And as I was kind of um, processing the, the last message that I shared on Seek First the Kingdom of God and talking about how Paul in his book to the, uh, you know, or his letter, sorry, to the Romans, you know, says in chapter 1 that he was eager to connect with them, but he was also eager to share the gospel because it is the power of God. It has the ability to cause or, you know, make salvation happen. And so we talked about how when the gospel is spoken, it, it's, it's like dynamite. It gets lit and it just, it, there's no turning back. And so I, I was thinking about that and I was kind of thinking about, okay, God, where do we go next? And, and I had a bunch of other topics within that whole series. And I was reminded of, it's one thing to share the gospel, but, it's, but, but evangelism and, and outreach is more than just speaking the gospel, It's actually a little more difficult, and to be quite honest with you, it can be a real challenge for the church because if we don't do the other part of evangelism, which is is discipleship, then really, uh, you know, we can speak to someone and they might show up. But as far as them really getting into that journey with Jesus, it's not going to happen unless we learn how to truly disciple. And so I created a series a number of years ago called Go Disciple!, And uh, I want to share with you guys that I want to take a little bit of a, uh, you know, diversion from Seek First for a second because I think this really connects, especially as we lead up to Easter. You know, we're going to be here on Good Friday for two services Uh, And then on Easter Sunday morning, we're going to be at Providence Christian School. Uh, I see Donna Burst back there. So Donna and her team is going to be doing uh, an amazing breakfast like always. Fantastic. Yeah, man. Raise their – it's so good, man. And if you have never had a Donna Burst breakfast, you have not lived. Even though we all know that Grant does most – no, I'm just kidding. He does not – Grant goes wherever Donna tells him to go. That's how that works, man. So, um, but anyways, Donna's going to be serving breakfast to everybody. Um, we have a special guest, a friend of mine, Jason Luscombe, uh, is going to be here sharing that Sunday. Uh, we grew up together. He is actually the assistant uh, district superintendent for Eastern Ontario, so it's the other side of Young Street, and uh, pastored for many years in uh, Ajax, and so I'm excited to have Jason and Colleen with us that Sunday. It's going to be so good. But as we lead up to Easter... My heart, my passion is, and has always been, you can't establish or build the kingdom of God unless you're willing to disciple. You can share, and that's great, but it doesn't end there. It's about discipleship. It's about mentoring. And I want to share with you what Jesus challenged the disciples and how the Great Commission sometimes has some killers in it. And we're going to address some of those killers, things that can kill the Great Commission from really happening, some hurdles, different things like that. Matthew 28 Verse 16 to 20 says this, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee and uh, went to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Isn't that kind of crazy when you think about the fact that, that at this point Jesus has resurrected? You know, he's, he's proven that he's Jesus, the scars are in his hands, all that good stuff. And yet even at this moment, there's still some among them that doubted Jesus, they're still wrestling with it, and I want to talk about hesitation today, not just in this case. I mean, I don't think we doubt Jesus at this point in, in, in history as far as us, but, but it's amazing to me that there's still a little bit of hesitation, but, but hesitation when it comes to the gospel is a great commission killer because it can cause us to freeze, And I'll pick that up in a second. So it goes on to say, Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now because of that, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is an identification thing. Identify with this rabbi. This is who I'm serving. This is who I'm following. And of course, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey. That's key right there. Teaching them. To obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Have you ever been hesitant about something? You ever have something that caused you to think twice? Maybe caused you to pause for a second physically, mentally, emotionally. You're not sure you want to do it. You want to think on that a little bit. Like I have to admit still to to this day. When I was a little kid. I used to, when we walked through the mall, and my mom was a shopper, so we walked through a lot of malls, right? How many had a mom that was a shopper, right? You know, nobody? I'm the only one. My mom has kept, you know, malls in business all these years by herself, right? So anyway, so we go to the mall, and, and one of the things as a kid, and I don't know if you experienced this, I think most kids have, is when you get to the escalator. And you're in awe of the escalator. But how many of us thought to ourselves, if I don't step on the right step at the right time, I'm going to fall between the cracks of this thing and get sucked in and I'm going to die. How many have ever had that experience? Right? Listen, still to this day, when I walk up to an escalator for a split second, even though I know, looking at my size, I am not fitting through that crack anymore. I have a second where I hesitate, and I, I catch myself where I'm like, getting the timing right, right? Like you hesitate a little bit because you're uncertain. You don't want to fumble. You don't want to fall over the place. You, you know, and, and it's because you lack a little bit of confidence. That's when hesitation kicks in when we're not confident, completely confident about something. And, and because you know, we're hesitant, we, we might miss out on something. Or we might stumble, or we may not be able to do things that we want to do, and we're like, oh, that was okay, it was kind of a hit and miss, but yeah, sure, because we hesitated. You know, I, I wonder to myself at this point in Scripture, if there was a moment beyond just some of them still doubting, like I can't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I can't believe that we're standing on this mountain. And He's talking to us, and He is giving us this mandate. And this is where I think... I wonder if their doubt or their hesitation kicked in just a little bit deeper. Because you have to remember that in this moment, even though Jesus says go, and, 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 and we all know that, that's, that's, the, that's the evangelism part that most of us have you know, down pat. It's like, yeah, go, just go, you know, share the gospel. The problem is, is that this phrase is actually as you go. You know, a lot of times over the years, this is the scripture that we reserve for missionaries, Right? It's like this. This verse only applies to missionaries, you know, because you're going overseas. So go and make disciples. And but the problem is, is that that the, the neighbor to uh, I was going to say the neighbor to the right of us, which is the Vanderstoops. So that you know the, Ben's here this morning. So you know I was going to say that's our mission field, but you know they're saved. So so we're good, right? And and then you know to the left of us, well, if you know Rita and Jurgen, Rita's good. Jurgen still needs a bit of work. But anyways, you know, but. But my point is this, is that often we think about the Great Commission in the context of missions. And a lot of times we think missions overseas. The problem is, that's not biblical. It is overseas. But it is Flamborough. It is Waterdown. It is Carlisle. It is Freelton. It is Burlington. It is Hamilton. This is... Our mission field and in the same way that the disciples were called to go or as you go meaning as you live your life as you do life as you're working as you're you know as you're you know hanging out at a restaurant as you're walking down the street as you're talking to your neighbor as you're whatever you find yourself doing this is what Jesus said is as you go you notice the assumption do you notice the assumption, as you go? It's like Jesus is like, I'm not even giving you room to not go. I'm making the assumption that you are going. And that's, and that's something that we've got to grab today. We've got to grab that inside of our heart. It's not a suggestion by Jesus. It's not an option. This is an assumption. He's saying you will go. And as you go, as you live life, I want you to make disciples now pause right there's where i would start to hesitate for two reasons one you have to understand what they were looking at when they stood on this mountain in galilee they were looking at lands that they had never been to before that means there are cultures that are so unknown to them that means there there are communities people languages that, that are different that means they're going to encounter people that, that are, because of different cultures, maybe different philosophies and different, you know, worldviews and, and different kinds of lifestyles and all these different things. And all of a sudden, if I'm a disciple and I'm standing there and I'm looking and Jesus said, hey guys, go. And I, and I picture Jesus pointing to these lands that they've never been to, that have never heard the gospel. Talk about walking into the uncomfortable you're about to have conversations with people that maybe have no understanding or concept of the Messiah, and you're gonna to have to construct an argument or a conversation based on them not knowing anything. Or encountering philosophies that are in complete, like, like completely different and against what you believe. See, right there, that's where my hesitation would kick in a little bit, not to mention the fact that he says, make disciples. You, that you would go, and, and as you live your life, that you would, you would make disciples. That you would, that you would take the time to invest and to build into someone's life. That you, would, that you would challenge them and encourage them. Because this word here is actually the term pupil. It's a student. You're going to take the time, and you're going to live life. And as you live life with them, you're going to bring them into your life, and you are going to make them a student of yours. I don't know about you, but that would freak me out right there. I mean, just remember, these guys are unschooled, ordinary men. They're fishermen. Yes, they've spent the last three years with Jesus, but they don't understand everything. They don't get it. In fact, in John chapter 16, and I'll use this verse in a second or a little bit later on, but John chapter 16, Jesus said, listen, there is so much more that I have to tell you, but you can't bear it. And this is where he begins to introduce the Holy Spirit, which I'll get to in a second. So when they stood on that mountaintop, they're they're looking at a land that they've never gone to. It's uncomfortable. It's going to be different. And at the same time, talk about feeling like they're not equipped. Jesus, you know who we are, right? Anybody ever have that moment? You ever have that moment where you've said to the Lord because of something that you're facing, and you can feel in your heart that God has put you or positioned you in that place, and you know that God wants to use you, but you have this serious doubt that you have the ability, the skill set, the understanding, you know, all that good stuff to actually, the courage to actually do it. Anybody else feel like that? I feel like that all the time. I still, in moments, in fact, more than moments, probably every given Sunday, there's an element inside of my heart where I get, you know, that that feeling in your stomach where you're like, uh, I'm a little uneasy, I don't know if this is going to go well, you know, because if it doesn't go well, you know, I mean, there's no point in putting it up on the podcast because we don't want everybody else to hear it, you know, and then on top of that, we know people are going to go home and go, oh, man, you know what, Pastor Craig's a really great, good-looking guy, you know, and everything, but wow, that really was bad, you know? Well, pastor, I just totally disagree with it. Like every given Sunday, that's how you, you know that that might be going on. And you can understand that in the moment, what Jesus was saying is, guys, he's like, listen, everything that I did with you, everything that I did with you for the last three years, sending you out. You come back saying, Jesus, we couldn't do what you did. Well, that's because that takes a lot of prayer and fasting. So let me show you how that's done. Right? hey, guys, listen, no, 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 let the kids come in. They're important, next generation. Hey, guys, let's talk about this topic, this topic, this topic. Let's sit down at this campfire and let me address a few things that you need to know about the kingdom of God. Watch me unravel some things that, that you understand because of your Jewish history and everything like that, how it all lines up that I'm the Messiah. And every single day, and, you know I, I, this is where I, I this is where I really align with Jesus. I was telling Megan the other day over the years, I've never been like this major formal leadership development kind of guy. I believe in leadership development, and so even even doing one over the last couple of years and actually even years previous in, in Calvary, that's probably been the most formal that I've been in as far as leadership training. You know, sitting here are two guys that have been a part of our history. Uh, Caleb over here. Can we just thank the guys, by the way, for jumping in and helping us with worship this morning? So uh, so Caleb here to to my left, and I guess you're to the edge here by the wall, that's Caleb. Uh, Caleb was one of my students at Maple View, and uh, you know, he calls me his prime nug, and I uh, I have no idea really what that means, and I might have to delete that from the podcast because that might be totally inappropriate, but anyways, he's looking at me kind of grinning, so I'm not sure, Um, but Caleb was one of my students, and, and beside him is Dan, and Dan uh, and his, his family, his mom and dad are really good friends. Uh, Dan and his brother Elijah have been a part of our youth ministry when we were in, uh, in Simcoe. And uh, part of our worship team and all that kind of stuff. And they're actually part of Lyft. By the way, Lyft is one of the churches that we uh, support. It's a church plant that we supported many, many years ago. And now is grown and they're doing amazing things. And these guys oversee uh, the worship side of things, which is really, really fantastic. But, but, you know, when I look over here and I think about, you know, the time spent... You know the conversation, especially with Caleb. You know years ago, and Caleb needed a lot of work, man. Like you know, and uh, and uh, but you know, but the conversations and and the prayer and all of these different things, and and to see that, like to see a student that you've that you've poured into and invested into, and then you watch them pay it forward in a ministry. And 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 it's not like they're you know they're not doing that full time. They're 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 both you know working full time gigs, and they're they're volunteering just like anybody else in in their church, and they're taking on roles, and they take on those leadership roles and what's so fascinating and, and, and especially Caleb would know this that my kind of leadership was much like Jesus where it's on the fly it's in the moment it's like hey this is what you do here but you're just doing as you do life as you live life make a disciple meaning invest in somebody teach them show them the way but I don't know about you, but there are times where, like, like I said, you, you begin to hesitate, you get a little bit of nervous, you, you try to you figure out. But but we need to come to grips with the idea that, and I love what, um, uh, there's a pastor out on the west coast uh, of the states, his name is Larry Osborne. And, and he said, listen, you know, you know, evangelism, I'm paraphrasing here, but evangelism, he said, is more than leading someone to a decision. That's just step one. Step two is helping them develop that decision so that they can be a disciple. You notice the two arrows that are on my screen right now? You see how it creates a bit of a circle? Because as you and I... Build disciples, the expectation is the very thing that's on our lives to build disciples is now going to shift onto their life. And when they shift into building a disciple, we go back to finding another disciple and we just begin to share. And they're not our disciples, they're his disciples. We're just partnering with him because that's what he's asked us to do. Go into the world as you you live your life, go and make disciples. There's a challenge there because it is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of time. It's, it's, it's getting beyond your hesitation that, that you and I might not have the skill set to do it. Or the Billy, what do I say when they ask this question? PC, I'm not sure how to answer this. Remember years ago the commercial from Staples with the easy button? Right? Well, that was easy. You know, you kind of hit it, whatever. I remember someone doing like a whole playoff of that with uh, people trying to do evangelism and they get into conversations that are awkward and they would hit a red button and their pastor would show up and they go, oh, my pastor's here. He'll take care of it from here. And then they would leave. Right? Because that's the pastor's job. Yeah, there's a problem with that. That's not how you build and establish the kingdom of God. Seeking first is making discipleship that journey. It's part of the reason why we're challenging you and encouraging you to be a part of a community group. Because it's there where you're building authentic relationships. And those authentic relationships are opening the door so that you can shape one another in authentic faith. And that's really where our heart and our passion is. And can I tell you, I love what Andy Stanley said. It's up on the screen. It says this, that your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. I love that. Do you know, I can't tell you how incredible. And I want to remind you of this one thought for a second, and then I'm going to give you two really practical challenges today about how we can get beyond this hesitation actually this one kind of jumps in there too there's nothing more rewarding than watching a student or someone that you're pouring into go from the beginning to where they are now you know when I when I was talking to the guys and and uh and asking them to come and and be a part of this you know it just so happened that Caleb um, you know, showed up one day and, and at the office, and we decided to go grab you know some lunch and. And we're sitting there, we're talking about life, and we're talking about, you know, how God's transitioned, and we're talking about ministry, and, and what God's doing inside of his heart. And I remember when Caleb first started coming to the youth group, and I remember where he was, and I remember, like I said, all of those things, and to watch the development, the same thing with Daniel, you know, and to watch him and his brother grow, and, and their faith, and their hunger for God, and the impact that they were having on other students, and the same thing with Caleb, all the other students around them, and, and I was telling the gang on Thursday, you know, it's so cool to watch. You know, for example, uh, I think it was a week uh, last weekend at, at uh, Meeting House. There was a young adult conference called Fluid, and Pastor Scott was there with some young adults from, you know, from um, uh, from Maple View. And on the platform, leading this leading worship at this young adult event, was one of my students, that Cora I had the honor and the privilege of pouring into. And I and I just caught this little shot that you know Scott put up on Instagram, and I'm thinking, man, that's Darius. God, I can't believe that I had the privilege of partnering with you and investing in someone to watch them now serve you. And I've said to you many, many times that when we were in youth ministry and even still as a lead pastor, can I tell you that one of my prayers has always been and still is today that the people that we pour into will never take up just some time and space in a church, but that we would be active participants in the purpose of God with passion challenge people, to, to equip people, to release people. That's always been a part of our mandate. And I've got to tell you something. That if you've never been a part of the discipleship journey, if you want something that will get you past the hesitation of all, and they're all good reasons, trust me. But the authentic you will bring out the best in other people, I promise you. Because the authentic you says, hey, I'm going through this journey just like you. But I'm telling you, if you've never and you want something that gets you over that hurdle, just do it. Because, man, when you've done it a few times and you've watched somebody go from point A to point B to C to D and you see the progress. And, you see, and yeah, there are challenges along the way. But when you walk that journey, can you imagine Jesus standing from heaven looking down on the disciples as they actually did what he called them to do and went and they made disciples. Can you imagine the smile on his face? I mean, you couldn't smack the smile off of his face. Not that you would because he's Jesus and I don't know if I want to tempt that. You know what I mean? It's so worth it. And that will get you past the hurdle. That's one thing. Let me give you... Uh, a couple of more, and and I apologize for this part because you probably noticed me this morning grabbing my phone because there were some scriptures that God was was reminding me of. Because sometimes you know we 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 often forget, um, or sometimes when we're preaching, you know, God just drops some scriptures. And and over the last few days since Thursday, God's been. That's why I feel bad for the Thursday crowd because I've been chewing on it for a couple more days now, and and there are things that Holy Spirit just begins to challenge this morning. And it was funny because on Thursday night if i if i if i if I can be transparent with you on Thursday night and uh, Glenn was here leading worship and this was the same package that he did on thursday night and and i I thought it was a bit odd uh, and I don't know why it was it's worship, but when he chose the Holy Spirit song and and at first I was like, oh that's interesting and and i and it, you know because it wasn't really necessarily something clicking with my message not that it has to but But sometimes I look for those threads, and I can tell you what God has spoken in my heart over the last couple of days. Now I know why God laid it on His heart to lead that song. You know, just like I said, if you want to get over the hurdle and realize how how much worth uh, how it's so worth, uh, the other side is if you really want to get past the hesitation, you got to be a disciple. You know, it's easy to imitate something that you're actually doing yourself. If you've got to show something to somebody or show someone how to do something that you haven't done yourself in a long time, you hesitate. But the moment that you start showing something to somebody that you just did yourself, and that's really the journey. You want to get past the hesitation? Remind yourself daily, how did you get there? What tools, what resources, what approaches, and use the same thing. Because God's going to bring people into your life that is like you. There's something about you that, because of friendship, it's really about those relationships. That circle of influence are people that you generally connect with, and God's pulling them into your life. And so, so God's just saying, hey, listen, just be you. Just be you. Just think about this. Going back to this, this idea of not being equipped, the disciples stood on that, and I'm, this is where I want to run through a couple of scriptures. They stood on that mountain. And, and they're looking out and they're, um, they've got to be overwhelmed thinking about the uncomfortable conversations, the cultures that they're going to encounter. And we'll address that over the next few weeks. Because I really want us to lead, work towards inviting someone to our Easter service on Sunday morning. But it might mean some uncomfortable conversations. It might mean interacting with people that we we don't normally interact with. But God's placed and positioned inside your life. I want to go back to John chapter 16 for a moment. I know this feels a little choppy this morning. I apologize. John chapter 16 verse 12 to 13 says this. Just remember. Jesus spoke this. He's still feeling this way because... Something hasn't happened yet as they stood on this mountain. So this is still very true. I have so much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he is going to guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Jesus said, listen, he basically said, Hey, guys, guess what? You're not ready. There's so much more to tell you, but you're not able to, you're not ready to handle it yet. There's some things that have to happen yet before I release you into this. And now he's standing on this mountain after the resurrection. So that was one of the key pieces, death and resurrection. Authority's been given to Jesus now. He's releasing them. But here's what's interesting. He says, guys, I'm, I'm telling you to go. As you live life, go make disciples. But listen to this. The promise of the second part of John chapter 16 has, or John chapter 16, verse 13, hasn't happened yet. When he comes, the spirit of truth. It reminds me how many times throughout the Bible the disciples were in the same position as many others. Think about guys like Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter uh, one verse five and on talks about how Jeremiah, you know, God says I've appointed you and set you apart as this prophet to the nations and all this kind of stuff, and 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 Jeremiah responds to the Lord and says, but but God, I'm 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 I can't do this. I can't speak. I'm too young. And the word young there has nothing to do with his age. It ha- it's a word that's used to describe inexperience. Hey God, I can't, I can't go for you and be this prophet because, because really, I'm not a great communicator. I don't have the skill set. I'm not. I don't have enough experience. I've never done this before. And God calls him out and says, Jeremiah, listen to me. And I'm paraphrasing here. It's actually up on the screen, um, just because this is where the switch happened. And God just began to challenge my heart. But, but listen to this. He goes on to say, Listen. Here's the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, but I'm going to touch. Your mouth. And see today that I appoint you over the nations. And he goes on to tell him the things that he will do as he speaks. But I'm going to touch your mouth. I'm going to reach forth and I'm going to touch your mouth. I'm going to pour into your life so that you will have what you need in order to accomplish what I'm calling you to. For every one of us inside of this room that are afraid to do discipleship or to make disciples, this is a word for you. That in the same way that Jeremiah was was told, hey, listen, don't let your inexperience keep you from doing what I've called you to do. Don't let the fact that you don't have the skill set, you can't speak, don't let that keep you from doing what you're gonna, I'm going to equip you But here's how I'm going to do it. And he reaches down and he touches Jeremiah's mouth. And all of a sudden, Jeremiah became this incredible prophet for God. And every time that he spoke, he spoke because God gave him the words. All right. Fast forward to the disciples. Same scenario. Standing on the mountain. They've got to be going, Jesus, I don't know, man. We don't have the skill set. And Jesus has already admitted, you're not quite ready yet. But there's going to come a time when the Holy Spirit is going to come, and he's going to guide you into all truth, and he's going to speak what he hears, and you're going to speak it. All right. Here's the verses that God poured on my heart today over the last couple of days. Look at Acts. This is not on the screen, so I apologize. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 7 to 8. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has sent me by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, that's home. That's why missions is home. In Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. is where Jesus said, listen, go to the upper room and wait. And wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now. Jeremiah, don't talk about your inexperience. Don't say that about your life. Don't tell me that you don't have the skill. Because I'm going to be with you and I'm going to touch your mouth. Acts chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And if you read on a little bit further. These unordinary, unschooled individuals. Who could do very little before the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus did exactly what Jesus said. Go wait, they waited. And the Spirit of God came upon them, tongues of fire. And then they went out and they began to speak in languages that other people understood. They didn't know these languages. And with boldness and courage, They all of a sudden spoke, and 3,000 came to Jesus in a moment. And I sat back this weekend going, okay, wait a minute. God, you touched Jeremiah on his mouth, tongues of fire, speaking in tongues. And it's not, that's just an evidence there. But listen to me. The point is, is that in the same way that God touched Jeremiah, Jesus touched the disciples by, by going so that it allowed the Holy Spirit to come and to touch them. And then all of a sudden, these unschooled, ordinary, we know that from the early part of the book of Acts. All of a sudden, these guys turned the world upside down and everything, everything that they weren't capable of doing now They're capable because God touched them. And he said to them, remember what he said to them? He said, I will be with you. When he stood on that mountain, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And part of that is because the Holy Spirit and the deposit of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. Can I just challenge you this morning? Like I said, I know this is choppy. I probably won't want to put this particular message today, uh, this service, probably the second service. Hopefully I'll have it a little bit better down as far as on the podcast. But anyways, do you see the correlation? All of us feel like we don't have the ability. I feel like that at times. But that's okay. Because God will just use you and he'll enable you. Because he's called you to it. He's called me to it. So instead of fearing what you're going to say, have faith in what you're going to say. Trust what you're going to say. And just be you. Be real. Be a disciple. Let them see your journey. And watch what happens. I mean, my students over the years, and I'll end with this. Kat, you want to come? Because if I don't, then we're going to keep going here. And I remember Kat's name this time. It's Awesome. It's going to be a long, like a a long-running joke, right? Like, well, it's because you brought it up this morning. Like, and (laughs) my students know how real I was. I didn't hide anything from them, you know? There were real conversations, real inside jokes that still run today, you know? Just like I, I'm, I'm honest and transparent with you on a Sunday, what you see on the platform is what you get during the week. It's not it's no different. It's not like my voice changes, you know, when I come off the platform. You know, like I just, this is me. And, and part of the reason why I do that is because for me, I, I just, like I said, the, the authentic you is what's going to impact people. We're all on this journey, man. Like, there's so many people that think that you go to church because you're perfect. And the truth is, you don't go to church because you're perfect. You go to church because you realize you're not perfect. And that there is so much more to be done inside your life because of sin and and, and the challenges. And, and I can't tell you how many times on a Sunday I'd be up here preaching, knowing that I'm not just preaching to you. I'm, man, I am like, I, I'm giving myself all of those challenges because God often, prepping for a message, God's like this is you, this is what you're walking through, you know like doing the Go Disciple series is not to fill a gap so we get to Easter it's because as I sat there in my office looking at all the different options, I felt like God's saying this is a great spot because before I came here I knew that at some point this series was going to be brought here because I felt like God calling." me You know, if we want to establish the kingdom of God, if we want to build the kingdom of God, not only do we have to be eager to connect with one another, not only do we have to be eager to share the gospel, but there needs to be a passion and an intentionality and a sacrifice to build relationships one with another and not just with each other, but people that are coming in that maybe are not like us, that think differently, see things differently, but we walk along with them in the journey just like Jesus did for the three years. He begins to shape their life and he begins to call them out and, and and challenge them and and get love on them and i'm sure there's some good laughs in there that we're not aware of and all that good stuff and you know what's so funny is that all along the way even though there were times where jesus might have got a little frustrated and whatever but all along the way he never ever he never let up in fact even with peter himself Peter denies Jesus just like he said he would, and next thing you know, Jesus finds him back where in his comfort zone. His comfort zone is fishing. And Jesus says, hey Peter, listen, do you love me? Yeah, I love you, Lord. Then go feed my sheep. Do you love me? Of course I love you, I mean, he pushes this point. It's almost like Peter thought to himself, man, I've denied you. I, I'm a disgrace, Jesus. You cannot use me. And Jesus is standing there going, listen, do you just love me? Yeah. Then relax. It's all good. I'm going to use you, Peter. The, the word that I spoke on you at the very beginning as a leader, is still come in the past. Nothing's changed. Just because of your inconsistency, I haven't changed. I still believe in you. I still want to use you. I want to use you in your circle of influence. As you go, as you live life, go and make disciples. Teach them how to obey. Baptize them. Get them into that relationship with God. I'll make those things grow. Just sow it, water it. Take them by the hand, lead them in the way of the master. But make disciples. Go disciple. That's the challenge. And over the next few weeks, I want to develop and challenge some of those things, so that as we lead into Easter, and there's going to be a point where we're going to give you um, invites. We're going to put them in the newspaper and different things like that. But we're going to give you invites to invite people to Providence with us on, you know, Easter Sunday morning to be a part of that, part of that journey, and to keep going on beyond that. So let's pray. Let's all stand. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca